You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through love. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks to all those out there making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan back with a reaction episode for your Sunday or whenever you may be taking this in as we are digesting a Big 12 win for the good guys. The Red Raiders take down Houston from Jones Stadium 49 to 28. And a whole lot of good stuff to get into today and into the week, Chris. Everything feels better, obviously, when you're a winner. And we'll get to some things you did defensively to make you a winner. We'll get to some things you did special teams-wise to make you a winner. And, of course, as you see there on the screen, the offensive identity for the day, in large part, made you a winner, man. There was a lot of interesting things happening. And, thankfully, at the end of the day, successful things happening. Complimentary football for for most of it. Uh, yeah, I know that's right. That's right. It's uh, because I think what we're seeing is there the, the pieces are kind of changing week to week because of injuries, and this is just kind of the way the sport goes. But uh, we, we've talked about. I'm tired of talking about like, hey, not a dude. You don't have a. This team is what we're seeing is a collection of parts, man. And finally, all the parts kind of played well together for the most part. Um, I think. You know, your defense wasn't, and Joey said that to me at halftime, walking off the field, he's like, I mean, defense, this isn't what we're, what we've hoped for, what we have seen, Uh, you know, we've got to, we got to settle down, we got to tackle better, uh, because Houston just kind of did whatever they wanted on offense in that first half, and Donovan Smith had a, had a a game in that first half um, in the Houston offense, they just never were rattled, they just kind of moved down the field, and other than that, though, uh, I think other than the first half on defense, I think other than that, all three other phases played played really well together. And I, I we'd be remiss if we didn't lead this thing off by – I don't know what the analytics are, man. I don't know what the numbers would tell you, but if you score a special teams touchdown in a game, boy, it slants in your favor. You score two. I mean, I, I don't I, – I'd be willing to tell you, I bet that's in the 80s or 90% range on two – special teams touchdowns equaling a win <laughs> yeah. for your team uh but or or maybe you know combine that with scoring on defense but uh yeah man uh the the kickoff return by Dre McCray I, I feel like this game in general was a game that because people have been looking for Loic Fungi he's been on a milk carton where, where are you man we're searching for you um he blocks a punt scores a touchdown Baron Morton throws it up to him in a back shoulder play, scores a touchdown. Dre McCray, we've talked about a lot, hadn't done a whole lot. Well, change that. And then my man Cameron Valdez finally mm-hmm. kind of uh, enters the chat, as they say. Uh, and so th- that, that was fun to watch some of these other pieces that you knew were there. We had spent a lot of time on, on, on these shows talking about some of these guys, and it just kind of blows up on Houston. And – you were outgained in this game. Uh, I think uh, there's plenty to like have issue with the the tackling and, like I said, the first uh, first half on defense. But you, you were just super efficient. Uh, no turnovers, almost no penalties to speak of. 
clean football, what the head coach has been asking for, or eliminating bad football. And yeah, you uh, you, you you ran the ball a lot, and I think you did that because it's working. And two, your quarterback hadn't thrown a pass all week. You know, he he had not thrown until the game started at what two thirty on a Saturday. I'd be willing to bet you that the first real throws he'd taken were at about one. 35 140 ish uh of the week and that's that make you a bit that'll make you pucker up a little bit if you're the <laughs> head coach the oc the the whoever uh but i think they did well and they they ran it effectively and uh, maybe we see more of that hopefully so it was a lot of fun to watch man i, I thought you used your parts in a complimentary way mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we'll get to the defensive turnaround in just a second. I'm curious what you saw down there as far as what was so different in the second half. And part of what I think you have to credit in the first half was I felt like like you got one of Donovan Smith's better games individually that I've seen him play, really. He didn't make many mistakes. Obviously, the turnover column was clean. He was breaking some tackles. There was a huge on the first drive, I think, like a third and two, third and four. Uh, had him stop behind the line. He gets out of it and then – few minutes later they're in the end zone um but I, I would credit donovan i thought he actually played one of the better games i've seen him play i hadn't seen him every time he's taken the field but uh, i thought you actually got a good version of donovan smith if you're a cougars fan and texas tech overcame that but yeah the offensive identity chris finally looked like to me what i want to see and have wanted to see for actually several years now going back to like the alan bowman era when you've really been kind of hit or miss unreliable at quarterback your offensive line hasn't been great. It's been probably below average in a lot of those years. And the wide receivers, aside from a couple of exceptions, have not been breakaway kind of guys. And so you've thought about, okay, what does black and blue look like when your best offensive players are Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks a season ago? Fast forward to now. Names have kind of changed, but the makeup is sort of still the same. And I don't know if we kind of see the passing game unhitched as the weeks go by with Baron Morton, maybe feeling better, maybe a little bit more comfortable. I don't know, but it sure seemed like what they did yesterday could work. And that complimentary word, I think, really has to be emphasized because via what you were able to do offensively and how methodically you did it, I do also think eventually it was helping your defense out. But the special teams impact, man, I'm just Bill Snyder would love this game. I mean, it, it was like a K-State vibe, right? And I don't care at the end of the day that you were outgained statistically because you were short, what, two possessions, I guess, if you want to count it that way, uh, offensively. I don't care. You're not here for a total yards contest. <laughs> You're here for a points contest. And I just love the the pieces coming together like that, man. And I hope that offensive identity uh, will stick around for a while because it was really fun to watch. And I think it helped your team broadly as it impacted defense and then obviously special teams as well. Yeah, you know, I think offensive line play in, in the last several years has been not not as good as you needed it to be. Um, you know, and I think uh I think that this group uh and, and and again, I think this group has taken some uh criticism early on. I think they're getting better. I think you're starting to figure out what they're good at. They've now got some games under their belt together. Um I think it's uh, it's still not where you necessarily need it to be or want it to be, but I think that you, you kind of start to figure out what they're good at. I uh, I loved uh, some of the motions with the tight ends yep. and 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 giving them kind of some different looks in the in the in the blocking game. And again, you didn't finish this game with with Mason Tharp, and I think you know Baylor Cup is also playing through uh, an injury, a shoulder issue, <clears throat> which happened in the West Virginia game. So you don't have necessarily all your 
all your pieces and pieces healthy that that help help this this aspect of, of your game. But I thought, man, you anytime you rush for 240 yards basically is what it was, and you have two guys. You had two guys. How about this? You had two guys over 100 yards in a conference game for the first time since 1998. <laughs> and those guys were named. Wow. You, 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 even, you ready for this? Now, this is a bit before your time. Now, I don't figure Can I make one guess? Okay. Is there a Ricky Williams involved, or was that even prior to nope, the other? That, you, you nailed it, little Ricky. Uh, but the other one, you will not have. I don't know the other. It was the quarterback at the time, Rob Peters. <laughs> Hot <Yeah>. Rob. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, that that's a bit of a you know that's wild u- unicorn scenario that we hey, just saw. And there was a span where you had a back to back thousand yard rusher, DeAndre Washington, about a decade after that, but you still didn't do it with two century guys right. in a conference game. Funny you mentioned DeAndre Washington. Here's you the next one. <laughs> Taj went over 100 yards for the third game in a row for the first time since 2015, uh. <laughs> which was DeAndre Washington. So uh, very good segue there, Mr. Cowan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I – and the, the one thing that Cameron can do is carry the football. The, the, and, and, and we have to understand here, Taj needs help. Yeah. He can't be out there for all these plays. People want him to carry it more. People want him to – all that. If you watch the collisions he's taking and picking up the blitzes and the chip blocks and all that, it's a lot of wear and tear. It just is, and it accumulates. And, and some of the blows this. he's delivering, I himself. agree, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, and I think they that. were. We, we touched on that. They were like going to force themselves to take him out of the game some, just because he just can't. You're, you're trying to protect the kid one because you know what, what is he going to look like in late october november if this continues it's just it's not necessarily fair to him as hard as it is for you as a coach to go come stand over here you, you just almost have to do it and i think too taj has got a future in this game man you don't want to burn him up and, and not let him have a chance at the next level um, and all that. So that's why it's imperative that like the the Cameron Valdez's and the Nehemiah Martinez's or, you know, whether it's Bryson Donnell or whoever it is, man, they've got to continue to step up. The problem with almost all of those guys is they don't play. They're not – none of them are, are yet well-rounded. They're all good carrying it. We've seen some of that. But it's the other stuff that they've got to be better with. And hopefully Cameron can build on his – carries and and continue to do the other stuff better so he doesn't get your quarterback killed or he doesn't go the wrong way or doesn't drop it out of the backfield whatever but either way it it looked good I thought you saw what we kind of have been looking for in the Cameron Valdez show a little bit because it is different it's a different style he's not necessarily gonna just run away from people but he gets upfield. He's a north-south-south guy, and he doesn't dance around and run through people like Taj does. It's a bit of a different look, but he does have some speed. Uh, it's just not, I guess, what they would term long speed uh, and all that stuff. But, man, sign me up for more Cameron if we if you can get that going. But, yeah, I, I'm all about the, the run game. Yeah, man, it was a lot of fun to watch, and I hope that uh, the clock on Taj time stays there. Uh, yeah. Forget daylight savings or any other switches. Taj time all the time. Speaking offensively, Chris, uh, one of your keys, well, we both, I think, echoed this in the last couple of weeks, and we've already touched on a couple of your keys that we kicked out there on Twitter, at Locked on Tech, if you're not following us so far, or on X, whatever. 
Uh, Chris mentioned keep the crowd engaged early because the natives could have been restless mm-hmm. and they were a little. I mean, we had a tough start kind of overall, but you had a huge play and you mentioned that big plays uh, or special teams impact. We got some of that. You talked about, hey, run the ball with Taj Brooks, but also find him some help for the reasons that you were just describing. And clearly we saw that happen. And man, we've been sticking on third down as a key, of course, as it hasn't been that great. And then it really fell off a cliff against West Virginia where you were two for 18. So you just kind of roll out of bed thinking, surely we can be better than two for 18. And you were six for 11. But here is how that works, Chris. What you really were able to do is put yourself in some better positions on third down as far as the average yardage needed to convert that into a first. Now, every first down, you were gaining over five yards on average, 5.3. So you like that number. The average distance to go on third down, 5.7. And that is almost slicing in half where you have been this season against Wyoming, Oregon, um, West Virginia, 7.9, 8.2, 7.4, something like that, I think is the way you went in those three games. You set yourself up a little bit better and wouldn't you know it, and what you would consider more so third and shorts, one to five yards, one to four yards, that's where you made most of your hay. You converted you converted four of those. Anything beyond that, you actually did not convert. But we've got to tip the cap to a much, much better day on third down after just a nightmare day in Morgantown. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that about uh, West Virginia, Wyoming, and then obviously Oregon, um, your three losses, because I think they're combined. I want to say it's this is like 12 and one. Those three got teams. one loss in there, yeah. Yeah, uh, which the Wyoming loss was in Austin on a Saturday night against the, what are they, the third or fourth ranked team in the country right now. Yeah. So it doesn't make you feel any better, but I guess maybe you can kind of, I don't know, understand it a bit. But yeah, the third down. You know, I think, you know, being better early on in series and and on downs, I think helps you manage that a bit better. I think that six of 11 is still not necessarily wanted to be. You want to end up being like, you know, eight of 11. I think you look at it and go, but you were you were good enough early on. Uh, I think you were your first four for four, you know, things like that. I think that, you know, maybe some of those third downs later in the game you weren't, but the game was you you had some some, uh, you know, multi-score lead, I think, at that point. The third down part that makes me nervous is 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 the way that the offense managed it what was a bit better and everything was the defense at one point they they I think Houston was at one point nine of eleven on third downs I think yep. they finished up I don't know it was like eleven of sixteen or something uh, some late late stops and things like that but yeah it was the defense that just couldn't get off the field I think yeah I mean Houston just kind of converted those <laughs> but yeah third down is going to continue to be a storyline. Uh, on, on both sides of the ball until it's not. But I think, yeah, you, you nailed it. Being better on first and second down certainly helps. Uh, and I, I thought, I thought too, I thought Barron was very, you know, he, he was good yesterday. He, he was efficient. And he wasn't, tra- you know, because I think if you heard Zach and Joey on th- this week about his play at West Virginia, you, you kept hearing him, them basically both saying, probably trying to do too much. And I think this was a game where he wasn't he wasn't trying to do too much. He just kind of I mean, – he's throwing a block near the goal line when he needed to. He never puts you in harm's way. Of, that was a little scary, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's the competitor. That's what yeah, he's – can't you know, take t- that away t- Tyler him. and Barron, that's just kind of <laughs> the way they play it. You know, Donovan yeah. did it last year too. 
you uh but you know he never you never risked a turnover um i thought you know I, I don't know how many of these are checks or anything like that I have no way of knowing that getting in and out of plays and things like that but i thought the game was played well it was very efficient and yeah. i thought he gave his guys a chance to make plays on the football and you know avoided turnovers and he he got out of the pocket when he needed to he didn't just take off and and go when, when it wasn't when he was hearing footsteps that weren't there or anything like that. But, uh, you know, yeah. I, I was, I was pleased, but I think, um, uh, because this, this team ultimately is going to go how their quarterbacks play, uh, ultimately, you know, cause I, I mentioned this, you know, everybody's high on the, the pac 12 right now as a league and they're, they're maybe one of the best league, but, but look at the QB play in that league. Penix Jr., Shador Sanders, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams. There's a long list of dudes at that position. Why is the Big 12 kind of all over the place? Because it's it's a it's a, a league right now where there's not a lot of just solid stud quarterback type guys, some injuries. And all that, and then coming into that game in Austin yesterday, it was Quinn Ewers and Jalen Daniels. And Quinn Ewers hadn't played great at times, but he played great at Tuscaloosa. And then, and then you look up, and Jalen Daniels can't play in that game. But that's how this season's going to go for the Red Raiders. If you can just be efficient, consistent, consistent, and a plus at times when, when it's needed at the QB position, I think you're going to like the results. Uh, so I, I, w- I was pleased with that. Uh, but yeah, third down notwithstanding, man, I think uh, I think most of it was pretty good. Before we get out of here, we've got to discuss the final phase uh, for the Red Raiders defensively because the first half was something to forget and seemingly an anomaly for the most part based on what we had seen prior to that uh, this season, Chris. But then you get to the second half, you shut out Houston on the scoreboard, only 124 total yards, 3.1 average carry rushing-wise on 17 attempts. And you were much, much better on third down. Houston was six for seven in the first half on third down. They were only three for eight uh, in the final two quarters. Did they figure something out? Something just settle in? How did that come to be from your perspective? Such a dramatic change. Yeah, they they they, they tweaked a few things. But the, the the funny thing is, is you know, a, a lot is usually made of uh, of halftime adjustments, and yeah. and you know, Joey will tell you, we we don't that that's. We we adjust in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. I mean, you, you adjust <laughs> right. right there. You can't wait till halftime if you see something. You adjust. But I think that they settled down a bit. They pressured quite a bit in the first half. They pressured quite a bit in the second half. Uh, but I think they, Joey, you know, w- would tell you we, we we there was a few more games we were playing with the defensive line up front. Is kind of what he said you know, with some twists and stunts and and things like that. They did maybe slant to playing a bit more coverage in the second half and, mm-hmm. and not pressure quite as much uh, trying to, and, and, you know, Donovan did you, you forced a fumble, they fell on it. Uh, you didn't get that one. And then he tried to throw an interception to Bryce Ramirez and Ooh. that's a drop could have been a pick six there. Yep. Cause that was kind of the Donovan that you'd seen some around here on a bit where yes. he could look really good. And then he just like throw it to the other team a <laughs> bit, but I thought Donovan played a, a really, really well played game. Uh, I think the blame game in Houston, I, I can't imagine if they're talking about that game that, that they point many fingers at, at Donovan Smith and yeah. uh, his quarterback play. And you're right. He he statistically plays an unbelievable game, but you were able to kind of shut him out in the second half and not allow any points being scored. And, yeah, your defense finally – and not not having Rabbit was a problem. 
left early in the second quarter, and then Chapman Lewis is out there. You just got a lot of true freshmen out there. Spencer, Dingle, yes. uh, Jordan, um, on and on it went. And uh, that that's going to pay some dividends for you at some point. But there was a play that I think it was one of those plays over the middle of the field that went for a long touchdown pass. And Chapman Lewis, was they were playing a one-high safety look, and Chapman Lewis just kind of – he got turned around a bit and lost the receiver, and 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 it's just off to the races, and that's where you miss, you know, rabbit right there. But again, it didn't it didn't cost you, thankfully. Uh, it was just part because I tell you who loved that game is if you were if you were not a fan of Houston or Texas Tech and you're just sitting in to watch it, it had to be wildly entertaining. And I tell you who else loved that game is if you were in Vegas and you'd bet the over. Uh, because it was defense optional uh, there for a while. I mean, nearly 70 points scored in the first half of that one. Yeah. Uh, just wild, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's such a dramatic swing. It's just kind of wild to think about because you're talking 8.9 yards per play for Houston in the first two quarters. That number was 3.6 in the final two quarters. And if they ain't true freshmen, they're redshirt freshmen, like your leading tackler, mm-hmm. Ben Roberts, who I thought also had another outstanding effort. But, you figured out a way to get it done eventually, and you provide 21 points worth of separation when I think you wound up kicking off as about an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. So happy with all of the above and still a lot to discuss with you as we roll into the week. Of course, Joey McGuire will be visiting with the media to kick off things on Monday, and we got plenty to dive into as we get ready for the Baylor Bears, who... who well, I still don't know what they did exactly in Orlando, but they came away <laughs> one of the wildest games anywhere this weekend. So looking forward to making a trip down to the Banyo on the Brazos. But uh, we'll continue to reflect on this one for a few days first, Chris. Feels good to win, and we're in a new month uh, with the win and a bit of a conference monkey off your back, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Uh, much needed, man. Uh, much needed for all involved, including uh, you and I. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it goes, man. I mean, winning's better than losing. That's the first thing I said to Joey after the game, man. I was like, winning's better than losing. He's like, boy, we needed that. It, it's just, it just changes the entire dynamic. You're still doing the same things. It's not like you had wholesale changes. You, you, you're, you're trying to put the best team out there on a week to week basis with, you know, because I mean, no Pierre, which nobody knew about, no Jordan know. Brown, which nobody knew about. Thankfully, those guys, but. And so it's like, okay, Koy Aiken inserted, Mike Dingle inserted, and you're just kind of – then all of a sudden, middle of the game, Chapman Lewis inserted. This is this is the sport. You know, Jaden York playing primary snaps now because Tharp uh, didn't finish that game. This is just the this the way – Baron Morton in there uh, doesn't take a snap all week uh, as far as her, her, her throws and, um, you know – but this is, Amazing. I mean, nobody feels sorry for you, man. But yeah, you got it done and uh, you salute and move on. That's right. Next man up, or in our case, next men up, because it has been plural this season. No doubt about it. Chris, thanks for the time as always, man. We'll be back on the other side to kick off the week tomorrow. Looking forward to it and appreciate the insight, man. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yes, sir. We'll do it again. Keep hope alive, people. Now, now you have some, maybe to, to keep hope alive there. There you go. <laughs> the balloon is inflated once again, right. at least. Partially. The best two and three team in the country, probably, at least that (laughs) I can see. A lot of work left to do. (laughs) All right. Hope you'll join us tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you for the next round of Locked On Texas Tech.
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.